This week's Weibo podcast is a special podcast hosted by Chris, featuring only Chris. I'm gonna be giving you a rundown of the eight different Spring 2022 anime that I've watched so far, and just gonna be talking about what I've liked so far from what I've seen, all the different components of it. And at the end of the podcast episode, I want to give you my power rankings for the eight anime that I've watched so far. I want to do this on a weekly basis, essentially keep track of the different anime I watch in Spring 2022, and have a weekly podcast or weekly power ranking. Or it might end up being a bi-weekly power ranking, depending on how much catching up I need to do at certain points, how the episodes release, and how they're available in the U.S. But a special episode this week—I don't know what to call it yet. Maybe it's just called Chris's Corner, where I talk about the different anime that I've watched. But yeah, let's get into it though, because Spring 2022 in my eyes is a really interesting season for me, specifically because I like to watch a lot of anime that's. Around the slice of life romance drama genre, I don't. I know that's not everyone's cup of tea. I know the popular genres are shonen, are isekai, but for me personally, I really like the slice of life aspect of anime because it allows me to kind of connect with the characters, connect with the story a bit more on a deeper level. I get to kind of empathize in a sense with the characters because I could relate to what they're going through in a sense. Very exciting time to be an anime fan, to be honest, and it's a completely different feel to the new season. Considering in winter 2022, we had a lot of shonen shows. We had Demon Slayer. We had Ranking of Kings as continuation. We had Attack on Titan, obviously. A lot of shonen-centered kind of drama, more action-heavy shows. But in spring 2022, it's a lot more toned down, a lot calmer, and funny. So. Let's get into it. Let's just go from the top here. I basically put these eight shows that I watched so far. You know, I haven't had the chance to watch all the anime out there yet. I'm still going through all these different components. I'm gonna try to keep up on a weekly basis, but there's just too much out there. But I've watched eight so far. I'm gonna go through it in the order that I watched it. I wanted to talk about it that way, not in the power rankings order, so I could leave something for you to look forward to by the, for the end of the podcast. Starting from the top. I watched an anime called Tomodachi Game. Tomodachi Game is a really interesting anime from a psychological standpoint. I've read the manga in the past, and this is the adaptation of that manga that I read. It's kind of got a vibe to it that's very similar to Liar Game,、uh, a little bit similar to Alice in Borderland as well. If you listen to our Alice in Borderland podcast, kind of like Squid Game as well from the K drama category, but. When I initially watched this anime, the feeling I got from it is it's more like an indie anime in a sense. It's not a mainstream anime. It doesn't have the production level that a lot of these big namers are getting. It's more of a budget anime that's adapting a manga story into an animated form. That sounds kind of lame, and maybe I, I'm just explaining it too simple. To me, it is more like an indie anime where it's. Not in the highest class, but it's more so in the lower middle class, where they're probably not working with a whole lot of money here. They they just want to get it out, want to get it out for the people that love the anime or the love the story that's from the manga. And I think it's a very interesting take on on the genre, the psychological story. It to directly translate the title of the of the show, it just it just means friend game. So tomodachi means friend. And then game is game, obviously. 
and it's a clash of five friends that have been in a friend group in high school and they're trying to basically fight their way out of a situation they're put in a predicament here where they kind of have trust issues in a sense like there there's a game that's centered around the friends trust their relationship everything that they built up to this point but once you start doubting the other person the other people then everything starts to crumble so i really think it's an interesting premise but i do think that a lot of people are not going to enjoy watching the show because of the lower quality of it compared to some of the bigger names that we've been getting something like demon slayer obviously with the production being as high as it was same with attack on titan with the production being as high as it was they're not going to be used to this indie feel to to tomodachi game and that's where i think there's going to be a little bit of a discrepancy or a little bit of a hard translation to the audience in the end though I didn't read the full story of the manga. I've only read about four or five books because at the time when I started reading the manga, there was only five books available. So I couldn't get my hands on, on the rest of the story. I don't know how the story progresses to be quite frank. So I don't know if I could necessarily recommend the show in that sense. It's something I want to keep an eye out on going forward. I think the premise could be interesting, but considering the low budget, feel of it the indie feel of it i feel like it's probably not going to be like a mainstream anime and as a result it's giving me basically an idea that it might not be that great of a story in the end so let's keep an eye on that one for now the next one i watched was kaguya sama love is war this is the third season of kaguya sama love is war when i first initially watched season one of kaguya sama i didn't really like the show to be honest I didn't hate the show, but I didn't love it as much as other people were were saying or how much they were raving about it. And I didn't understand the hype at the time. And fast forward, I think a year or two out, I watched season two of Kaguya-sama Love is War. And I was blown away by how good it was in terms of the script writing, in terms of how funny it was, in terms of the backstory and the developments that were being made throughout the season. And my opinion of Kaguya-sama had changed significantly in season 2. With that being said, I was a little cautious about the third season coming out because one, I had very diverse opinions on the first and second season of Kaguya-sama where the first season I felt very whatever and mad towards it, but I'm glad I continued watching it in the second season because I really enjoyed the second season. So. Going into season 3, I wasn't sure how I should feel about it, but I was still riding that high of the second season where I was like, this anime is really, really good in the romance and comedy aspect of it. So I went into this episode with a little bit of a cautious feeling to it. I watched it and I was just blown away by how good this first episode was. If I had to rate it out of a 5, I would probably give it a 5 out of 5. I really thought the first ex episode was executed extremely well. The other thing is it was extremely funny. It kept a very fresh comedic feeling of to it that anime hasn't had in, in the past. And that's why I think it's very original, very unique. And I hope they can kind of build on this, but at the same time, not neglect the plot developments, the character developments that they were able to establish in season two, because that's what I really liked about season two, where they were able to blend the comedic aspects to it, very modern comedic take on anime, and also have 
backstory character uniqueness blended into that so that's what i really enjoyed season three right now as of right now is giving me that same vibe i got from season two and for that reason i'm just so excited to watch kaguya-sama love is war because i feel like this can go go down as one of the best in 2022 and up to this point from what i've seen from 24 episodes or so kaguya-sama it's been a phenomenal, spectacular comedic comedy show. So I really hope they could continue the momentum. I don't think there's a whole lot I need to say. People that have watched Kaguya season one, season two probably love Kaguya already. So I'm sure they're really excited about season three and I'm sure they're happy about how the, the first episode came out. But I would love to hear your thoughts as well. If you're a Kaguya-sama fan and you love the show i would love to hear why you love the show what you thought about the first episode of the third season as well if you don't like kaguya sama love is war then i would also like to hear why you don't like it that much maybe there's things in the comedy aspect that's lost in translation which i'm not aware of because i kind of i watch it without the subtitles i don't watch it in english so maybe there's something that i'm not aware of from from your standpoint so i would love to hear your thoughts on that as well the next show i watched is a show that I've hyped up for a few weeks now leading up to spring 2022 season and that show is Spy X Family. I've read 62 chapters of the manga of Spy X Family. I know what the story is about. I knew what to expect coming from this season in terms of the plot, in terms of the characters, in terms of the style of the anime and whatnot. I was really excited for the show to be honest with you. I I don't know if I've read a manga that's better than Spy X Family, in my opinion, and that's just because, kind of going back to my conversation at the beginning, that I love slice of life, romance, more realistic shows in a sense, and Spy X Family was so good at that. It was really good at developing its own original story, but kind of keeping kind of realism in the story as well, and that's what I really liked about it. My reading experience of Spy X Family was amazing um i don't know if there has been many other books that's made me laugh or made me feel the emotions that i felt while i was reading a manga and those highs and lows are for sure the the roller coaster the emotional roller coaster that kind of came with the manga i knew for a fact they were going to directly translate well to the anime because i don't think this is a piece of work that's all that hard to translate to an anime format so going into the first episode I knew what the opening and ending was, really excited about that because I knew they had gotten two very big Japanese artists, uh, Hoshino Gen, who was also on the, the soundtrack for Marvel's Shang-Chi movie. And then on top of that, we had official, <laughs> I can't even say it because I, I say it in like a Japanese accent, but official Higedandizumu, who did the opening for Tokyo Revengers, Crybaby, which was amazing, an amazing opening that we got in 2021. So I was really excited about that. The opening wasn't played in the first episode, which is typical of, of any anime, but the ending, the ending is so good. The ending felt really good. The animation that came with it, it's a picture scene of all the different scenes that they were, or all the different settings that came from that specific episode. The voice acting is phenomenal. Anya as a character is amazing. And on top of that, it was just pure entertainment. The animation was fantastic. I knew for a fact a collaboration of Cloverworks and Wit Studio wasn't going to let us down. Although I said the same exact thing when we watched 
tacked off destiny and mappa was doing a, a collaboration with madhouse and you know how that went <laughs> and from a pr production standpoint though cloverworks and wit studio did a phenomenal job with episode one and i really just think that this anime's potential is sky high i hope everyone kind of keeps tuning into it i think right now on a for the score of my anime list it's hovering above a nine which is absurd i know there's a lot of spikes family fans out there but you know people probably shouldn't be scoring it this quickly considering it's just the first episode but if i were to rate this first episode for, of spikes family i would give it a 4.5 out of 5. it wasn't a 5 out of 5 like kaguya sama love is war because it's an introduction to the story it's kind of letting the audience members come into the story understand the family understand the characters understand the scenario that's being played out and the introduction is going to continue into episode two as well so it'll be a continuation of that and once the plot starts to get going a little bit more once the interactions get a little bit heavier the relationships start to get built spike's family really really glows up in a sense it really does really well so that's when I think the potential of Spikes Family to be a 5 out of 5 anime is really going to come out. But at this point on, it's just still the introduction. I don't want to get too carried away. It's still 4.5 out of 5 in my eyes, which is still really, really high. Probably one of the highest scores I've given out in, in, as of recently. I say that right after I gave a 5 out of 5 to Kaguya-sama. But yeah, in the end, really solid episode. I hope people are excited about this because I'm so excited about Spikes Family. It's probably gonna go down as one of my favorite anime of all time if they're able to execute it based on the manga. And I'm totally okay with that. Okay, kind of keeping this trend of slice of life anime, the other anime that I watched right after I watched Kaguya and Spikes Family was Shikimori's Not Just a Cutie. This was an interesting anime because I went into this with the mindset with the same mindset that I had when I started my dress up darling I thought it might be a bit more fan service heavy I thought it might just be a show that's centered around the main girl and which it is you know it for the most part it is but I was a little bit caught off guard because the show more so resembled in my opinion Tonikawa which is Tonikaku Kawaii from Crunchyroll it's a anime that was more centered on a relationship that was established straight from the get-go of the start of the anime and it was more so a story about the day-to-day -day of their relationship my dress up darling's a little bit different than that right so my dress up darling has a bit more fan service involved but it's not a start of a relationship it's you can see that relationship developing slowly and slowly between the two main characters but it's not established straight from the get-go. So the appeal of My Dress Up Darling comes from the characters themselves, but also watching that journey of, of them coming together into a relationship, which most Japanese shows and dramas actually do. But Shikimori's Not Just a Cutie is a little bit different. So it, it is the same formula as Tonikawa, where the two main characters are already in a relationship with one another. It's more so focused on the, the relationship and the interaction between them while they're already in this relationship. It's actually really refreshing to watch, to be quite honest. It, it's a bit different in terms of the feel of the show. It's not as exciting as a My Dress Up Darling, but it was just pure in a sense. It was very refreshing, very casual to watch, very easy to watch. It's 
feels like a more pure slice of life. And from that perspective, I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's a show that I'll look forward to every single week. I, I just want to hit play on the next episode or anything like that. But it's a nice show to kind of take a breather from all the other anime that's out there. That's what I really enjoyed about it. On top of that, I do think Shikimori's Not Just a Cutie has a really good animation style to it. A very clean animation style that's really easy to watch. So for, I think, Slice of Life fans, it's a good watch. But for those people that don't like Slice of Life as much, that don't like a slower pace, that don't like a lack of plot, it's probably not your cup of tea. But if you enjoy watching character interaction, character development in a sense, that's where it, I think it, it's going to shine a bit. So my first impression of the episode one, I don't think it's an amazing episode. I thought it was good. So I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 5. Not at that 4 level, but I don't think it's necessarily like average or bad. I, I do think it was refreshing. It was a pretty good take on, on the genre. Moving along on this slice of life train, I, I want to pivot to the second season of a show that I really have enjoyed historically, and that's Comey Can't Communicate. Comey Can't Communicate is a very unique show. I don't necessarily think a lot of people would like Comey Can't Communicate. I think Comey Can't Communicate is a really complicated show in a sense. It's a slice of life, and in that regards, it's a bit more straightforward. But what's interesting about Comey Can't Communicate is that the comedy, the cleverness, the uniqueness is really stemmed in the writing and the script in the Japanese format. Maybe people think differently, but from my perspective as someone that understands Japanese and watches a show in without subtitles in Japanese, I have a hard time believing that a lot of people would like the show as a Western audience member. I do think a lot of these clever components, even as simple as Komi's name or Osana Najimi's name, Osana Najimi basically means like childhood friend or close friend, something as clever as that gets lost in translation. They're not going to explain all these different translation things within the show because it's just not, there's just no room for that, right? So as a Western audience member, I don't know what people are taking away from the show. On my anime list, the first season has a score of an 8. It's hovering a little bit above the 8.0 mark. To be quite honest, if I didn't understand Japanese, I wouldn't be surprised if I gave my a score of lower than an 8. I wouldn't be surprised if someone else who doesn't understand Japanese gave a score under an 8. Because without that cleverness, without that understanding of the play on words, I do think that it's just a simple slice of life, which almost has no plot or uniqueness to the show. I do think the production on Komi Can't Communicate is phenomenal. I think it's one of the best that we've seen from A Slice of Life, and it's kind of marking a new era of Slice of Life production. And I've, I've touched on this when we were talking about Komi Can't Communicate. I've touched on this when we talked about My Dress Up Darling, some of these past Cloverworks shows. I do think there's been a rejuvenation of the Slice of Life production, and Komi Can't Communi Communicate is a part of that. With that being said, I really enjoy the show because I can understand those like play on words, the cleverness, the clever writing, the script writing that's so unique to Komi. And I just enjoy that, that aspect of it. The naming conventions, how they talk, how they interact. It's 
almost innately so Japanese that it's just so clever as a as a Japanese understanding audience member. And for that reason, I really enjoy it. This first episode of the spring 2022 season for Komi Can Communicate, I would probably give it a score of a four out of five. It's not a 3.5. I don't think it was average. I thought it came in pretty, pretty hot in a sense. It didn't come in as hot as Kaguya-sama. Kaguya-sama's episode was just way too good that I set a bar that is difficult for these other follow-up anime that I watched afterwards to, to surpass. And it was the same phenomenon for Komi Can't Communicate. So in that sense, I think it's around a four. Okay, now that we kind of got the four major slice of life anime, romance anime out of the way, I want to pivot to the main isekai of the, of the spring 2022 season, and that's Rising of the Shield Hero. Rising of the Shield Hero was actually an anime I watched fairly recently. I probably watched it back in maybe the fall of 2020 or so. It was during the COVID-19 pandemic, and I actually was surprised by how much I, I enjoyed watching Rising of the Shield Hero. I didn't necessarily think it was the best anime. It was a most complex plot had the best characters or anything like that i thought it was just a very interesting take on an isekai where the person that was isekai was in a more handicapped position compared to his peers and that was a bit unique because in the past we've seen a lot of isekai shows where the main character is isekai and is in a higher position than the rest of the playing field something mishoku tensei the the main character is obviously stronger than a lot of the other characters around him. World's finest assassin, a high class assassin, first grade. Rising of the Shield Hero isn't that. So I thought that take was interesting and called for some different unique plot developments that we haven't seen in the past. With that being said, there are a little bit of isekai elements to it that are just staple isekai elements in a sense. And that kind of deters me from liking the show just because I, I i'm not a huge isekai fan i just think it's overplayed overdone it's almost in every single isekai it's very easy to to predict and as an audience member sometimes i get bored to be quite honest i was really surprised by how how well or how much i enjoyed the season one run so going to season two, I was pretty excited just to see the continuation continuation of the story. I wouldn't say I was as excited as Spike's family or Kaguya or Komi, but I was glad to see that the story was continuing. After watching episode one though, I thought the episode was very whatever. I didn't think there was a whole lot going on. It almost felt like a showcase of some action, some plot developments, but at the same time, I wasn't really sure where this was going yet. And that's because it's episode one, right? So it's fine. That is fine because Rising of the Shield Hero is probably going to get better as the story progresses, as the plot develops, because there has to be a new plot development because at the end of season one, that arc or that situation kind of was mostly wrapped up in a sense there's still overarching problem that's that's existing throughout the story and that's also introduced in episode one of the season two but there needs to be more i guess steps to get to that point and that introduction is still in process so in that sense i thought it was very whatever the opening song which i'm guessing was the song that they played at the end i'm not 100 sure was very similar to the opening song in season one 
the vibe was exactly the same the feeling was exactly the same i think the emotions that they want to invoke from the opening is very similar to what they had in the past so nothing really changed it's a generic staple a generic formula that they're just reusing so in that sense if i had to give a score out of five for this first first episode of rising of the shield hero I think it's a 3 out of 5 to be honest. It's very average. It's another isekai episode that I watched. Nothing caught my attention and that's just how it was. Alright, going into the last two anime I watched from this season so far. They're both sports anime. So it was very easy for me to kind of compare and contrast one another. And the first one I want to talk about is Love All Play. Love All Play is a anime that's centered around badminton. We haven't seen that many badminton anime in the past. I think there's been a few iterations of it, but nothing has gone major, not, nothing big name. So I'm kind of interested to see the development of this. Maybe it's something that turns into a very memorable anime. I, I'm not sure because I don't know what the original work is like. I don't know um, how the story is supposed to progress. I know nothing about it. I went into it with a pretty open mind, but I personally enjoy watching badminton. I like sports a lot. I love basketball, obviously. I loved Haikyuu. I love Kuroko no Basket. Yomush Pedal was also exciting to watch. And I'm kind of looking for this next sports anime, that the up and coming sports anime, because sometimes I just, I'm in the mood to watch sports anime and I've been having a hard time to find something that is worth watching in a sense. So having two sports anime was very exciting, but Love All Play specifically, I, I was excited because I thought Badminton is just a unique show and there's a lot of opportunity here still because nothing has essentially captured the headlines yet. After I watched the first episode though, it felt like a very generic plot progression from a sports anime. It's very centered around the, the high school dynamic. It's centered around the competition within a high school setting, which is very similar to something like Haikyuu. In that sense, I'm not too sure where the story is going to go, but I can see potential for this story developing pretty well. I'm not 100% sure on this, but the main voice actor sounds like it's Tanjiro or sounds very similar to Tanjiro. So in that sense, it's kind of interesting to see that dynamic to have that connection. And I thought the from an overall sports anime unique standpoint, there wasn't anything all that unique from it. And that's what kind of let me down. Besides badminton being somewhat unique, there wasn't a unique element that came from the show. So overall score for the first episode, I would give a probably a three out of five. It's very close. It's between a 2.5 and a three. I don't want to say it's bad, but I just didn't think that there was anything new. It was very average for a sports anime. On the other hand though, Awa Ashi, it's a soccer anime that's being released in spring 2022. This one actually captured my attention because the premise of the show is slightly different. It is set in a high school, middle school format, but the main character is essentially invited to join the youth team of a professional football club. And that's a unique take because a youth team of a professional football club can be developed into different ways. You can play other youth teams from the professional football club. You can play other teams that, from a more global standpoint. So someone from Europe, someone from America, someone from South America, etc. So 
I want to see how this develops a little bit more because if they're able to go in a more global setting, it could be a lot more interesting than just seeing the normal, typical confines of a high school tournament arc in a sense. So from that perspective, Awashi is really interesting in my opinion. I don't necessarily think the first episode was spectacular or anything like that, but the premise was very unique in, in its own sense. Taking that into consideration, I'm kind of, I just want to kind of keep an eye on both of them. I personally enjoyed Awashi more than I enjoy Love All Play. So the first episode, if I had to give it a score, I would give it a 3.5 out of 5. It was above average in that it was introducing a new concept. And I don't necessarily hate the character. I don't necessarily hate the character dynamics that come from the show so far. That can change drastically fast in a sports anime, depending on how things develop within a team or a new team. So that's something to keep an eye out for. And I just thought it was a little bit higher than average because they were able to introduce a little bit more of a different concept to the typical sports anime setting. So with that being said, that is the eight different anime that I've watched so far, kind of going from the top here to list it out. I watched Tomodachi Game, Kaguya-sama Love is War, Spike's Family, Shikimori's Not Just a Cutie, Komi Can't Communicate, Rising of the Shield Hero Season 2, Love All Play, and Aoashi. So this is the, the last segment of the, of the podcast here for this, for this episode. I want to just give you my power rankings for the eight shows so far. I'm sure you can decipher it based on the scores that I gave for each of the first episodes. Going from the 8th place spot, at 8th place I have Love All Play. I do think Love All Play is a bit generic, but I, wa I do really want to see how this progresses. I don't necessarily think it's a bad show. It's an average show based on episode 1 from what I've seen so far. But I think there's room for growth for the, for the show. So just being an 8th doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, it just means that out of all the episodes I've watched so far, I, I didn't like it as much. At number seven, I have Tomodachi Game. Tomodachi Game probably could take the A spot. It's a toss-up between Love All Play and Tomodachi Game because Tomodachi Game, like I said, is a more indie anime. It's not as high in production as the other ones that I watched so far. I'm not sure how the premise can progress and the premise can go absolutely wrong because if they don't execute a psychological anime correctly, Usually it flops. Usually there's just too many loose ends, a lot of holes that people can nitpick at and it's going to be a little bit complicated. So another show I want to keep an eye out for, but can easily slide to the last spot. At sixth, I have Rising of the Shield Hero. I just didn't think the first episode was all that impressive. It wasn't something that I was looking forward or it wasn't something that made me look forward to the next episode. It wasn't something that hyped me up for the second season after a pretty long break from the show so i think there's room to grow obviously but right now it's sitting at six because it wasn't anything spectacular at number five i have shikimori's not just a cutie i've kind of made my point about it it's it's a very pure refreshing slice of life that i could watch on a daily basis its plot is lackluster in a sense, but it's something that's very relaxing to watch. And I really enjoyed actually watching the first episode. At number four, I have Aoashi. Aoashi is just a pick purely derived out of its potential because I do think there's a lot of room for this anime to grow. I am excited to be able to keep up with the sports anime during the spring 2022 season. 
and if it's able to execute it properly i'm really excited for where this can where this anime can go at number three as komi can't communicate like i said on anyone else's list i can totally see this show sliding down because i don't know if some of these aspects of komi can't communicate translates well to a western audience i'm not sure if everyone will love the show i do think there are heavy slice of life elements to it which may might make the show boring as well but for me personally i do enjoy the cleverness the script writing a lot i do find myself laughing a lot i do like the characters in a sense that i find myself supporting them as well and their character growth so it's it's a show i just really enjoy watching honestly on a week to week basis it's not something exciting it's not an aot it's not a demon slayer that keeps me engaged from week to week but Every week when it comes on, it's so fun to watch. It's so refreshing and so unique in terms of how they're able to string together, play on words and interactions. At number two here, I have Spike's family. I do think Spike's family is going to move into their number one spot by the end of the season, unless obviously the number one spot holder right now is able to keep its momentum during the entire time. But if I had to guess, Spike's family will move up there. It's still episode one is the introduction of the story compared to some of these other different shows that are in the top three call me can't communicate and then the number one show this show is in a sequel as well so it's doing that introduction of of the story still once that introduction is is completed and the plot ramps up and the relationships are are built this show's just gonna take off it's gonna be one of the best of 2022 it's getting a 25 episode run from spring 2022 and fall 2022 combined so really i really think spike's family is just going to take off soon enough and at number one if it wasn't obvious was the was a show with the episode that I gave a five out of five it's kaguya sama love is war i think kaguya sama love is war episode one was phenomenal it's it was one of the best episodes i watched in 2022 to be quite frank funniest episode that i saw so far in this current season in all of 2022 I really hope Kaguya-sama is able to keep that momentum. I, I'm really excited to see this back and forth of Kaguya-sama versus Spike's family because both are so good right now. And it's just going to make anime that much better in spring 2022. Having both shows, having the rest of the, the pack of the remaining six shows, it's just going to be an exciting season. So in the end, Kaguya-sama is, is the queen so far and is holding the number one spot. But as the season progresses, we'll update the list and we'll also see how things move. Some some shows might drop down, but some might creep its way up. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye out for. And I'll try to give you guys updates on the power rankings on a week to week basis for spring 2022. With that being said, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. I know it was just me the entire time and talking. So hopefully you guys don't fall asleep or get bored. Or maybe if you listen to our podcast to help yourself sleep and Hopefully you you were able to fall asleep. If you like this podcast, if you have any comments on spring 2022 anime, if you want having suggestions for things you want to hear me or Pat talk about, make sure to leave comments in our YouTube, make sure to leave comments on our website. We really like interacting with our fans or interacting with our listeners. We really want to talk about and cultivate a community of anime. So feel free to hit us up there. We're also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube to listen to past episodes or the current episode. And we'll be looking to upload more things on YouTube. And we're also uploading some blogs and articles on our website. So keep an eye out for those things and make sure to leave comments after after you read or listen to the content. But yeah, that concludes 
I don't know what the segment is called, the Chris's Corner for now. And I'll be looking forward to the next episode of the podcast when we have Pat back. All right, peace out, we booze.